0: Welcome to PeopleTech, the podcast of the HCM Technology Report. I'm Mark Pfeffer. Bilal Ajazi is my guest today. He's the CEO and co-founder of Poly. They have an engagement app that was purpose-built to work in the environments of solutions like Slack, Microsoft Teams, and Zoom, we're going to talk about the company's priorities, the potential of applications like this one, and how they'll be put to use on this edition of PeopleTech. Galah, thanks for coming in. One of the things that I've noticed about Polly is, you know, you, you talk about working in environments like Slack and Teams and, and what have you. Do you only distribute through those kinds of solutions or do you have other, other mechanisms as well?
1: Um, so we are, we, we call each one of those, uh, areas that we work in surfaces. So, Mm -hmm. you know, Slack and teams are definitely key surfaces for us and, and more recently zoom as well. But, uh, we recently launched the ability to actually take a poly with you anywhere on the web and, uh, and, and take the, the, get that, get those responses and get, and get your feedback anywhere where work is happening. And so for us, we view each surface as, as like a unique opportunity to drive specific types of feedback based on what's happening in that workplace. But we are continually expanding the surfaces that we operate on. And ultimately for us, that means enabling feedback anywhere uh, where work is happening.
0: Can you give me an example of that, how you pair the work and what's happening there with the information you want to collect?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I think all hands tends to be a really great type of scenario for us. Uh, So whether it's an all hands or a town hall, like something where you need feedback from a lot of people and you want it kind of before, during, and after the the meeting, and, and there's like kind of key phases in how that feedback is collected. So just to give you an example, if you're a Slack or Teams First organization, you can send your poly out to a channel that you might have um, that's dedicated to the all-hands. So we here at Poly, we have an all-hands channel where every month we'll, um, before our all-hands, be able to, to collect questions, you know, gather topics, and, and that kind of thing. And then you can just take that Poly that you've been running in Slack or Teams, create a link out of it, and share that live during the Zoom or Teams conversation that you're having. But again, given the world of remote, not everybody may, not, may be able to join that all-hands live. Some people may be watching the recording. Some people um, may just be looking at the transcript afterwards. And you still want those people to be able to participate and have an opportunity to have their voice be heard. So you can keep that link open for some time after the all-hands and enable uh, capturing feedback on the full cycle. So that's, that's an example of a workflow that transitions from uh, kind of an asynchronous channel-based communication to a synchronous meeting, but then goes back to asynchronous as uh, as people are 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 consuming it in different forms.
0: All this talk about the flow of work makes me wonder about companies who have spent, you know, crazy amounts of money to build an interface to build a user experience, and and now there's companies like yours coming along. You you want to wrap into other systems, not build your own, build your own way. What do you think? Is this a movement that's got legs? Do you think we'll see more and more companies basically working with integrations as opposed to their own environment?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think if you think about the field of software, that's actually been a long-term secular trend in software generally, right? And so um, both my co-founder and I started our careers at Microsoft working on Windows and Windows was kind of the same thing, right? You could you're not building a UI from scratch; you're building it on the Windows operating system. Uh, same, you know. After Windows, I went on to become a mobile developer, and in mobile, you're you're building on the interface that Android and iOS provide. And so, I just view Slack and Teams and these other surfaces that we operate on as the new operating system. They are the new way of of uh, enabling like a, a a an OS of work and. Uh, we are the first generation of apps that are operating on these new operating systems. And so I think it, in a way, what we're doing is not new at all. It's, 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 it's a story that we've seen uh, over and over again in software, it just happens to be a different surface and a different operating system than, than we're typically used to. The world's best known investor and Wall Street expert, Warren Buffett once said, Wall Street is the only place that people ride to in a Rolls Royce to get advice from those who take the subway. Download Buy, Hold, Sell today on the Evergreen Podcast Network or your favorite podcast channel.
0: And do you have any particular kind of company that likes you, that likes to use you, Um, meaning any particular sectors or size?
1: Yeah, no, we're actually really, really broad. As you can imagine from the user base on Slack, Teams, and Zoom, they, they tend to be used from 10 person shops all the way to, you know, a hundred thousand plus size companies. And that's true of us as well. We, um, we have both the self-serve and an enterprise business and on the enterprise business, we're serving fortune 100 customers and doing that at scale. And on the self-serve side, people check out with a 10 person team. And so, um, for us, there isn't really a sweet spot in sector or size. I will say that we tend to lean towards companies that are a little bit more forward thinking in their digital technology adoption but the pandemic has changed that so that almost everybody has had, has been forced to to accelerate their adoption curve and and that's really changed the market for poly as well. so well uh, i think things like slacker teams were somewhat inevitable over the course of the last five years where our company seven years old. And when we started seven years ago, we started on the thesis that messaging was going to be the default way of communication in enterprise. And that was just kind of based on what we were seeing in the consumer world. Right? Like if you go back even a decade, texting had become the primary way that, that people communicate with each other um, especially in the younger generation. And so like just kind of fast forward that. And uh, as people, join the workforce, we imagine that something like texting would happen in, in, in the workplace environment. But the pandemic just accelerated that, that trend to go forward, uh, I, I think, five or 10 years faster than it would have otherwise.
0: Um, I want to look backward a little bit. Um, you got your first investment, I believe, in 2016. Correct. Um, a lot's gone on in the business world since yeah. since then. Um, how did it impact you? Did you have to shift your business plan, your roadmap? You know, how did you sort of keep up?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I think there's a couple of distinct phases for Poly um, since 2016 and, and, and generally for the business world. Like early t- 2016, you actually saw the SaaS flash crash. If you remember that, that was a uh, a big compression of SaaS multiples that happened uh, during that period, and and there was a little bit of a worry that that SaaS was was on its downward trend. LinkedIn kind of sold in 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 that period for what it turns out was a great deal for Microsoft. Um, but you know these kinds of things that are happening in the public market, they generally are are um, companies that are at the seed stage tend to be pretty well insulated from them. So we weren't we weren't paying as much attention there, but it was something that was kind of circling in the background. Um, for us you know during that period that was also the same year that teams launched um and again we were we were focused on continuing to expand the number of services that we work on then as now and um for us you know we were we were just continuing to invest there now i think that the real change in the business really and the real rocky period was 2020 because the early like the beginning you know a couple of months of the of, of 2020 everything was Going as normal, uh, March, April, uh, there were some real concerns around what the long-term future of the economy would look like. And then, um, as it turned out for us, uh, we we started to see a lot more usage as people went to to work remotely and started to deepen their usage on Slack and Teams. And so we quickly realized by by the the May June timeframe that no, we actually have to change how quickly we're investing in the in the business and. Um, and how we're how we're adjusting our capital expenditures, and so 2020 was a little bit of whiplash. <laughs> I was trying to figure out basically what's going to happen in the market, but I think overall, as we saw play out, just the the long term trends on remote and asynchronous work generally have just been accelerated over over the course of the last couple of years and um you know i think just the general attitude and the general uh ability for for remote work to be an acceptable way of working and and uh, and you know with both its its pros and its cons um i think has has changed the game not just for us but for for business productivity software in general
0: so you must see an awful lot of data
1: um, yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah um
0: so what what are you seeing right now that strikes you as Interesting.
1: Um, so I think that the, we've been expanding further and further into the world of meetings. So we started out, out um, if, if you if you recall, like on Slack was kind of a first surface and Slack was very much channel-oriented and chat-oriented. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Teams kind of has both the chat component and a meetings component. And more recently, we've been in Zoom. And so we've been thinking a lot about how meetings impact your productivity, how meetings can be made better and who are the kinds of people that, that meetings impact, uh, most disproportionately. And so for us, that's really, um, it comes back to like ways that you need to reorganize the business around remote because the number of meetings that you have fundamentally changes. So let's take a step back, uh, in, in the kind of the pre remote world, you could, you could, uh, just tap your colleague on the shoulder and have a quick conversation and get aligned without having to, to call a meeting and go walk physically into a meeting room and, and, you know, do the formal whole, like getting time on the calendar thing. Those kinds of interactions are harder and harder to come by. And especially as more and more of us start jobs in, in a remote environment where you don't have that social currency to just tap somebody on the shoulder or DM them in Slack teams or, or wherever it is. Uh, those kinds of interactions end up becoming meetings in a remote environment if you're not very careful about it. And so what Polly enables you to do and what we have been seeing uh, more broadly remote you know, organizations that are thoughtful about remote doing are um, trying to use structured mechanisms of feedback, trying to use documentation, trying to use processes to avoid having those kinds of interactions turn into meetings or when they do turn into meetings, becoming more productive, and you know you can do that. You can do that through ways of like you know crowdsourcing agendas, um, having regular status check-ins uh, through an asynchronous tool, and basically like take away some of that synchronous meeting time because. That ends up being a drain, not just on individual productivity, obviously, because you're 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 taking time away from kind of focused work and 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 moving it into meetings. But it's also just more draining, right? The whole idea of Zoom fatigue and the cost of meetings and the tax of meetings uh, being higher in the remote world is 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 very much true, and it happens to, to occur at the same time that meetings are increasing because of remote. And so you have this like double whammy of Meetings are more um, taxing on the individual. And we also end up having more meetings. And this is particularly acute for middle management, for uh, people who who are managers of ICs or managers of managers. And they end up doing a lot of the coordination work that needs to happen in an organization. And so each one of those like touch points of coordination that maybe you could have avoided becoming a meeting before now is becoming a meeting and, Again, you know, like uh, having, for example, an automated an automated poly that goes out on some regular cadence to capture status on your on your project, so that you don't have to turn that into a meeting, um, is a really effective way of of cutting that back and overall improving the quality of life of of the people in the organization, especially the managers.
0: So, how do you see the next few years um, panning out? How do you think they look for you?
1: For us, um, yeah, I mean, we are incredibly bullish on these ways of communication becoming even more um, solidified over the course of the next few years. Uh, you know, it's loud and clear. We're hearing from the workforce that flexibility and um, the ability to do hybrid or remote is is a key part of how people think about the value of of their work life. And so, having an early lead on these platforms and and being you know, in in most cases, the first app um, and and the first integrated native app on these platforms, I think, just puts us in a position of of continuing to to understand how these platforms evolve, continuing to understand how remote work is evolving, and continuing to drive towards solutions that enable you to capture better engagement and and more uh, enable more asynchronous work.
0: Well, thank you very much for stopping by today. It's been great to talk with you.
1: Absolutely. It's been great to talk with you as well.
0: My guest today has been Bilal Aljazi, CEO and co-founder of Poly. And this has been People Tech, the podcast of the HCM Technology Report, where we're a publication of Recruiting Daily. We're also a part of Evergreen Podcasts. To see all of their programs, visit www dot evergreenpodcasts.com. And to keep up with HR technology, visit the HCM Technology Report every day. We're the most trusted source of news in the HR tech industry. Find us at www.hcmtechnologyreport.com. I'm Mark Pfeffer.